You know, you all for being kind of so few in numbers sounded really good on that last hymn. It's a wonderful hymn that reminds us of why we are here and what we're all about. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Gracious Father in heaven, we pray that you would indeed help us to be a people who lift high the cross and who proclaim the love of Jesus Christ every day in our lives in word and in deed. We pray move in our hearts and lives by your Holy Spirit that we might be compelled to speak the truth, to do it in loving ways, but to stand fast even when the world doesn't want to hear it. We pray be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Compelled. Compelled to speak the truth. If you caught the words from our Old Testament reading this morning, and I will try to go back there uh, for it for you, because I know you don't have a worship folder to uh, refer to. I want to go back, sorry. One of the things that Jeremiah is talking about here is that as he is prophesying God's word, and remember prophesying simply means to proclaim, to, as he's proclaiming God's word to the people, to the people of Israel who really should be acting like and believing like God's people, uh, they have fallen away and they're following false gods. And he says, I have become a laughingstock all the day. Everyone mocks me. For whenever I speak, I cry out, I shout violence and destruction, for the word of the Lord has become for me a reproach and derision all day long. So in other words, the people around him don't want to hear the word of God. They don't want to be held accountable to God's word. They don't want to be reminded of what God's word tells them. Uh, they don't want to live according to it. They want life on their terms, and they're quite happy living that way. And because of the derision and the persecution and the reproach that Jeremiah is receiving, he says, you know, even if I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, there is in my heart, as it were, a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I am weary with holding it in and cannot. In other words, he is compelled by the Holy Spirit to speak God's Word And even when people around him are saying, let us denounce him, denounce him, he still has to speak the truth of God's word. And so, compelled, compelled to speak the truth of God's word. And, and that word is truth, as John reminds us. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And later on, John reminds us, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. And yet, when we begin to speak those words to the world around us, we see that there is a persecution of the gospel going on. And we see it very vividly in some parts of the world, but we're also beginning to see it more so and more so even in our own country. 
For those of you who are paying attention, it is the persecution of people, for example, in assisted living centers who want to hold a Bible study in their room and the management says, no, you can't do that. And you say, well, that would never happen. Yes, it has. It's people who in the workplace are not allowed to even speak about Jesus or to wear Christian symbols or to read a Bible during their lunchtime. We see attempts to move Christ from all places in the public arena. And we say, oh, it'll never happen in this country. We see it happening where more and more Christians and churches themselves are being persecuted because, you see, the culture and the world around us can't stand to hear the truth. There is a certain amount of fear on their part, and they lash out. And yet we often remain silent, or we often, can I use the old phrase, uh, act like the wet noodle instead of the strong oak. We bend to the wills of the world when God calls us to stand firm. And sometimes our response is, well, I'm afraid. And we start to list out the things that we're afraid of. And rather than going through that list this morning, I'd rather ask you this question. What would you do if you had no fear? Think about that just for a moment. What would you do if you had no fear? Since I can't ask the questions of those at home and hear what their response is, I'm going to put the burden on you all who are here in person. What would you do if you had no fear? Anybody? Well, way pastor, I'm afraid to talk. Um, Marsha. You'd get on an airplane and go visit your kids. So one of the things that's happening is with this virus. This virus creates a fear. What else would you do if you had no fear? Would you speak about Jesus more freely? Would you open up your mouth and not worry about what people think of you if you shared Jesus Christ? Would you go out of your way to meet the needs of people around you, even if they don't look like you or they don't come from the same economic class? Would you be to them Jesus washing their feet? Would you be speaking the truth in love, not worrying about what other people think or say? You see, what we need to understand is that in Christ, Christ removes fear. And that in Christ we are called and even, yes, compelled to show the gospel of Jesus Christ and to do it in ways that the world sees and that people begin to see the hope that we have for salvation. To not be afraid, for example, to pray in the public places. To do it in places, and I know it's a little more difficult now with the whole social distancing thing, but, but even to pray. I mean, you know, this picture was taken pre-social distancing, otherwise these guys would probably all have to have masks on. But to pray, 
And let people around you, let the world see that we pray. Let the world see that we love the Lord our God with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength. And that we love our neighbors as ourselves. To let them see our faith in action each and every day. And it's hard. Our sinfulness gets the best of us at times. And we know that. We struggle with that. That we are at the same time saint and sinner, the good that I would do that I find myself not doing. And, and so what do we do? When we sin, we need to fall to our knees and ask for forgiveness to turn to Christ right away and say, I know you died for me. I just messed up. Please forgive me. Cover me with your blood of righteousness and make me clean and whole and new again. But then to go forth in our lives and not be afraid to share the gospel, whether it's one-on-one with someone else, just simply telling them about what Christ has done for us in our lives. Sharing with them the truth of who he is and reminding them that sometimes it doesn't make sense, but that we walk by faith and not by sight. That we trust in God because of his incredible love for us. In other words, we have no fear of acknowledging God before other people. No fear of saying, yeah, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, and yes, I go to church, and yes, I am, in a good sense here, proud of that. I'm not ashamed for the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Of whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? The world The world can't do anything to me. And so we share. We share the word of God with those around us. Because, you see, it is the love of Christ that compels us as we come alive to him and we serve unselfishly in our lives other people. The love of Christ is something that the whole world needs to hear about. And it is that love of what he did for us on the cross covering the multitude of our sins looking upon us and saying, Father, forgive them, washing us clean with his very blood, reminding us of that cross every time we receive the sacrament of the altar when his body and blood given and shed for us for the forgiveness of our sins is to strengthen us, to connect us to each other, and to empower us by the Holy Spirit to live no longer in fear in this world, but rather to live in the hope a hope that that we have. And in the peace of God, which passes all of our understanding, but again renews and refreshes and encourages us not to be afraid of what the world can do to us, but rather to understand what it means to confess Jesus Christ and to know that all of us are heaven-bound because our names are written in the book of life. And if we are heaven-bound with our names written in the book of life, that should remove all fear of what can happen to us in this world. Oftentimes you will hear people say, as they're maybe facing some disease that could take their life from them, if they are a believer in Jesus Christ, they will say, well, if I am healed in this world, I win. But if I'm not healed in this world, I still win. Because I'm going home to Jesus. 
We need to have the same attitude sharing our faith. I win because my faith is in Jesus Christ. And if the world wants to punish me for that, that's okay because I still win. My faith is still in Jesus Christ and the world can't take that away. And so we share Jesus and we live Jesus. And in a world that is increasingly hostile, we need to be like Jeremiah. We can try to hold it in. We can try to keep it to ourselves, but at some point the Holy Spirit burns that hole in our heart and says, you got to share it. You got to tell people. They need to know. It brings us right back to the very same place that we've been at every week for the last three weeks. It is time to go, to listen to that great commission, to make disciples of all nations, to look at every tribe, every race, every language, and to know that all people in this world are people whom, for whom Jesus Christ suffered and died on a cross, and all people in this world need to hear the gospel. And yeah, as Christians, sometimes they're going to treat us just like Stinky gets treated. They want to keep their distance. They don't want anything to do with us. What do we do? We keep loving, and we keep sharing, we keep proclaiming, and we keep living the faith and the hope that we have in Jesus, our Savior, in his name. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all of our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the true faith of God in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.